So, something that's really been on my mind recently is my intense desire to be social, you know, just, um, when, when I was young and developing and still learning my way through this world, I was always told, you should go make friends, you should want to be around other people, and now that I really think about it nowadays, sometimes that's not always the best for me. Um, when, when I was in preschool, that's, that's when that whole thought process started, is they told you you want to have friends so you can have fun. And throughout my schooling days, that was plenty simple. I hung around the people I thought were fun, and I stopped talking to them as soon as they stopped being fun. But now that I'm in the adult world, and if you don't have friends with you in the adult world, making them is nearly impossible. But I, f I, I constantly find myself wanting to go out and speak to people. But it makes it difficult to do that when I didn't really develop social skills. And that what, what's been really bothering me about all of this is that even though I need these social skills, like I have, I, I have a strong desire to be around people, I find that when I'm alone by myself, I, I have better clarity. I can think more easily without having the stress or pressure of having to constantly justify myself without having to clarify why I behave the way I do. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to start this whole podcast thing, is I can share my thoughts when I'm just alone and by myself in, in like, kind of a meditative state without having to worry about anybody else talking to me or, you know, bouncing feedback off of. So that's why this whole ordeal is really unstructured is it makes it hard for me to really put a structure together when I don't have somebody who organizes things, who does the human thing of making things happen a specific way when I really don't need that. But I guess I should probably keep to some sort of theme between each of these, though. That'd be important. You know, it helps other people understand what I'm talking about. So I guess today's theme will be spirituality among my social desires. I have a friend, like a really close friend. Like this man is closer than my brothers, closer than my sisters. He is closer than my family to me. And he and I started living together in the same quarters. And at first it was, you know, nonstop fun, you know, your friends with you. And then, you know, a couple days roll by and the party starts to die off a little bit. And you start to notice that we really can't be up in each other's girls all the time because, you know, we still have to exist. We still have to do, you know, regular adult things. And then here we are a couple months into it and kind of starting to resent the way he lives. But that's not because of him. That's just because of the differences we have. But we're still really, really close, even though we've gotten into a couple fights. 
And um, the reason I bring that up is I've done a lot of deep spiritual talking with him and his viewpoints to me are entirely foreign. Like, I don't understand how he could possibly think the way he does. It doesn't make sense to me. But that's because my viewpoints on spirituality spirituality and religion are very, very different. And he believes in otherworldly forces that can act upon this physical plane. And that there is a spiritual plane with hierarchies and different powerful beings that exist beyond us. Which is all well and good. Anybody's welcome to believe what they want to believe. But I believe in that there is a greater cycle to all of this that when you die when your body dies you will continue on through the things that break it down and i'm not talking like rebirth or uh, reincarnation because those are good concepts too they're not bad they're not good there's no real good or bad concepts to the cycle of life but it's just my viewpoints are different, and I I believe that when our physical body dies, if there is a soul, it continues to serve a different purpose. Nothing that we create within this reality will ever continue to always be its original created purpose. It will grow and evolve into different meanings, you know, a different part of the cycle. And that is really hard to talk about with other people because with all that pretext I just gave to it, you have to explain that to each and every single person. And if they don't get any part of it, it then complicates how you have to explain this to people. And it's not that I'm bad at explaining it or that people just don't understand. It's that... It's a very foreign idea. It's not well understood. I mean, I I do a lot of things differently than most people because I think about things from a different critical way. I have a different method of analyzing things and that comes across as weird, as spontaneous, as just downright stupid from time to time. But everything I do has a reason and I have a very hard time verbalizing that reason with other people, which is why I usually avoid trying to interact with people who aren't at least somewhat on the same level of thought as I am. And I want to justify me saying the same level of thought, but that's entirely why I've done this, is I don't need to justify what I'm saying, because I can just say it. But... There are some things that I can say from time to time that I think, and I just need to say it, that don't really, really mean what the words come together as. For example, when I just, when I was saying I'm on a different thought level, that doesn't mean I'm above you or below you or that I'm better than you or worse than you because I'm on a different level. It's more like I function on a different wavelength than most people like to be in and 
a lot of the times that can be very jarring, very hard to overcome, but when you're the only one really doing it, that means you have to adapt to others because you can't change the masses to suit the individual's needs. That's selfish. And in all reality, I realize this. I, I know this, so I usually don't like to interact with people, but something I really do enjoy about other people is their interactions with you know, interactions between total strangers. I like to observe, you know, participate in conversations, but not really add or take away anything. I like to just sit and listen to people talk with each other. And that's fine by me. I'm, I'm okay with just letting people listen to what I have to say. But from what I've gathered, that's weird people don't like it when you just listen to them like if you're in a small group of like four or five people and they're all talking about something like say like topic that you know nothing about all you can really do is sit and listen and try to learn about this topic or change the topic to something you do understand but in my case because of how i process things and how i comprehend them it's always longer for me to figure out what exactly the topic is and how to add to it by the time i found something i can actually add to the conversation it's already been touched upon it would be rude to bounce back to it when everybody else has moved on in the conversation it's kind of like i'm a like i'm a little bit behind the group when it comes to talking about things but that's that's honestly okay it's not good or bad to think about things differently. It's just you have to know when it's acceptable and unacceptable to butt into a conversation, to take control of the uh, conversation before you actually make that move. Because if, if you're talking with somebody or a group of somebodies and you want to interject... A random thought you had you have to find a way to segue to it you have to find a constructive path to take which is it's it's common knowledge for people who are good at talking to other people that's just what you do but in my case i constantly find that making those bridges is much more exhausting than just than just jumping to the next subject and hoping everybody else can keep up because from my point of view, from my stance, that's always what happens. And while I'm tying, while I try and tie spirituality into this, when I listen to Christians talk about the need to be good, to follow the Bible, to obey God, and go to heaven so that you don't end up in hell, or when I listen to, uh, Mormons, because I was a Mormon for a very long time when I was young, but I've gotten away from that for other reasons. But when I listen to Mormons say that exact same thing, if but you have to do it their way, or you're going to end up in purgatory or outer darkness or even hell if you don't follow the way that the Mormon 
branch of Christianity operates. It's kind of... It's kind of upsetting to hear that if I, me as a person, don't believe what you as a different being, as a different person, as a different thing believes, I'm not going to end up happy in the end. But that's why a lot of people don't like to talk about religion. And that's kind of silly because if you talk about religion and you find common ground without making it angry, without making it argumentative, then you could find yourself really, really enlightened to a whole new way of thinking. And that's why I talked to my friend about his beliefs and how his belief structure works. Because he believes in, like, some dark magics, you know. There's evil things that in this world, and there are good things in this world. And I, I believe... I believe him when he says that kind of stuff, but it's just not what I believe happens. I don't think he's lying to me or he's making it up. I think that's honestly what he th thinks happens, and that's perfectly fine. I just don't believe in the same thing. And it's hard to verbalize how I believe our existence works, because if you tell somebody... Hey, random stranger, um, none of your efforts matter in the end because they will become something else. People get offended. Or when you say all this thought and power that you're putting into this emotion, into this struggle could be used for better things. And I don't understand why you're struggling so hard with it when you can just think your way out of it. People get flustered and they get even more upset than they already are. And I, I get that because... A lot of the time, when I'm upset or I'm feeling strong emotions or have incredibly strong urges to go do something that I wouldn't normally do that's out of my usual operation, I have to take a minute to think and acknowledge that I have this urge or this emotion and then not let it control my actions. I can think about it and say, it's okay that I'm feeling this. But is it okay that I let it control how I act? And I've been using that to avoid anger as of late because everybody feels angry from time to time. But anger is a important emotion. You can't just let it sit and waste. It's kind of like being sad. You have to be sad from time to time. And it's not fun. Nobody ever said it had to be fun, but... If you don't feel sad, then you'll not know how truly happy you are the rest of the time. And that's why it's okay to take a moment and go, I'm sad. I'm sad and that is okay. Or I am happy and this joy is causing the urges, the strong emotion of happiness to control me. And it's okay that I'm happy. But it's not okay that I've lost control of myself. And when I try to talk about that with other people, a lot of the times they get it, but it's only really something I can bring up when I already know the person I'm speaking to has a strong, strong idea about this, or they have an open mind to this kind of religious stuff. And it's...
it's weird that I can't go into a bar or go into a club or whatever, you know, big social scene and just talk to people. Because in all in all reality, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh <sighs> man, it is cold in here. I'm uh I'm sitting in a van right now and uh the battery's fully dead, so I'm just kind of sitting in the cold. Man, sheltered out of the rain though, which is nice, but it's cold in here. <sighs> I'm just hoping that uh one day one day I'll be able to go out and just talk to people because I I have that strong, strong need to be around people and to speak with them and, you know, interact with them regularly. And that's just, that's just how I was brought up. That's just how I am. And that's okay, but it, it's something that I need to come to terms with that I don't have to do that. I want to do that and that's okay, but I don't have to do it. I don't have to strain myself. I don't have to strain others to be social. And I mean, like, the same thing goes with sexuality. It's okay to be sexual, but just you don't have to go out of your way to hurt others or to force people into doing things that they don't want to. You don't have to, you know, satisfy that sexuality. You can acknowledge it's there, and you can try to work around it, but in in the end, it's an urge that wants to take control of you and have you act irrationally, differently than how you normally would, and... And, well, saying control your emotions is is a bit of a weird way of putting it. Um, kind of like knowing that you're feeling the way that you are. And that even though you still should act upon this emotion, you shouldn't deny it or feel bad because you're feeling this emotion. No emotion should be bad inherently all emotions serve a purpose to help perpetuate you to the next next part of yourself the next stage in your existence and that's kind of circling back to what i was trying to get at is we exist here in this big grand cycle of things that no matter where we are we will be pushed towards the next part of the cycle even if I were to go out and create a monument to who I am now, out of everlasting material, out of everlasting, you know, sentiment, eventually people will see this monument for something entirely different. You know, like, take, for example, artwork. Art will always be a part of our culture. No matter where we go as humans, there will always be art to reflect who we are, and who we are will reflect art. Like, abstract artwork is a fantastic topic, because you can look back when realism was huge, when it was absolutely important, and see minor workings of abstract art as, you know, little side jabs at people, or like, uh, abstract art being used to help further realism, especially in religious Christian works, or even 
some Islam works. Hinduism is huge with it too. But using religion to drive art is it's it was important then, but now that we look at it, it's it's transformed into what we call postmodern art because it was realism emphasizing a holy figure that then became an abstract concept and people took that abstract concept and said well if it's abstract there then who's to say that we have to we can't be abstract with normal ordinary things and so people took that and went even further and said well why does it have to be anything at all why can't it just be there and that's that's a very very interesting way of taking art into into thought of just creating it so it can exist and years and years from now somebody's going to look at postmodern art it'll probably be called something different but say that this was a statement that art didn't have to be it just is and now we use it for something else now we use it for this and that's great you know it's it's great because it obeys the principles i believe in that it everything all the energies all the purpose we put into something will eventually change shape and turn into something different whether it be physically socially mentally whatever we will always continue to cycle into the next stage. Um, shoot, I forgot how to... I, I had a thought about how if that's true of art, then that's also true of behaviors such as government or uh, even gatherings of social people. Um, that when you make a friend with somebody you could be an acquaintance or you know close friends and then have an event happen in your guys's life that changes the way you perceive each other and that could push you closer or draw you farther apart and it's classic in stories of the two closest friends go on different paths of life and end up absolutely mortal enemies i mean it's happened in real life too with a good few number of entrepreneurs who became rival businessmen and just hate each other by the end of their life but that's also why i don't like attaching myself to people when i form a relationship with somebody it's usually because I know that years and years and years from now, if I contact this person, if I lost, if I lose communication with this person for however long, I know that one day I will speak with them again. And it won't be the same person I'm talking to, but they will recognize me for who I was and who I am now. And... I guess that is why I don't like making friends. Which is hard to say because everybody likes friends. But 
the process of making friends. Now that's... That's an absolutely chaotic thought. When you make friends with somebody, it's usually over the guise of something in common. You know, something you two can get together about over and over again. And eventually form that into other things you two can keep in touch with. For some people, it's business. For other people, it's religion. And for even other people, it's just mundane, ordinary things like a video game or, you know, a book or entertainment, media, news, philosophies, ideas, just different things that help keep people together long enough to form a strong bond, strong enough that even if they are separated, they'll still continue to be together in one way or another. But I find that if you talk with people who don't really don't really have a solid stance on something, or just neutral on all things, if you talk with them, you can eventually help further your understanding of a subject. And those are usually the people I kind of make friends with, They're people who are willing to talk with me about what I'm thinking, not how I'm thinking it. And it's really hard to get what I'm thinking out instead of how I'm thinking it. Because when I talk with other people about most topics, unless it's media-driven or something, you know, tangible that I can point to and say that, this, this part of this is what I'm talking about, and they can draw a reference from it, abstract ideas just kind of die. Like, I don't know if I just did it again where... I had two or three thoughts going at the same time and I was talking about it, but it just kind of melded into one because it's... I, I want to exclaim all three at once. But... That's in the past now. Even if I were to try and bring it back up and really think about what I just said, I can't possibly expand on it more without somebody to remind me of what I said. And if they don't understand what I said, then we're even further back than I was trying to start. So I find it's easy to just carry on. That's what loses people when they talk to me is I will think multiple thoughts, but only speak part of each of them. And I end up not completing the point I was trying to convey to this person. When... When I speak intimately with people, not in like the caring or sexual or whatever manner, but like really deep, abstract thought, a lot of the times I find I'm looking at their, their point of view on something I'm trying to bring up, something really out there, and then using their point of view to help form and shape the uh, thought I want to share with them. Like, when I speak with my good friend about how demons exist in this world and they have goals, I usually bring up that even if they do exist, there are still other beings out there that exist 
in similar ways. Like, if heaven and hell and demons and angels and all that does exist with ghosts and just all otherworldly beings, that, that, then that means that my thought on how things work still applies. Because if I die and I become a ghost and I use bonds from this physical world to keep me chained to that spiritual projection, then that just kind of means I've evolved from the gross and unrefined human part of me to this more, you know, cut and dry state. And eventually I'll serve the purpose of demonstrating a point to somebody through that existence and whether or not I continue like that, my purpose for being then alters and I become something else, even if I still physically and astrally or whatever, I'm still the same being. My purpose will always continue to change. Some people are out there to save, let's say the forest. Some people are out there to save trees. Those people even... Not always, but most of the t times I've run into them eventually turn into an inspiration for others to do what they have done or to spread awareness to help save this rock we call home. And it's, it's interesting to see what they've become from what they were. And that's... That's why it's hard to talk to people, because people are usually focused on what they want to be, not what they are, or what they were, but what they will be. Some people get tied up on the past and let it keep haunting them. And that's rough. It's really rough because you can't help move yourself past it until you, you find that it's finished its purpose. And I just want to, I just want to tell them that you are still learning from this, but you don't have to let it control you. You define your purpose through your actions and through your thoughts. And if you can't find your purpose in the world, maybe it's not your purpose to know. Like, say I exist right now. For the benefit of somebody else. Like, my impulse to start this podcast series is to help somebody somewhere find a better path than they currently are. But I, I may never know this person, or I may know them very, very personally. But when it comes down to it, my purpose is for the sake of others. Rarely do I find that I'm serving myself with my actions. Even if I'm acting selfishly, a lot of the time it's for the benefit of others. Subconsciously, knowingly, doesn't really make much of a difference if everything that I do still results in benefit for others. So that's why I just kind of try and be as genuine of a person as I can be. That puts a lot of people off.
a lot of people can't handle genuine humans. If you really, really get to know somebody, you'll notice that they act differently around other people. Some people they're friendly with and they have take on a specific personality set and others they're close with and they take on a more intimate personality. Or some people they loathe and they take on spiteful and angry emotions, all that act within their character, but they're still different people depending on who they're around. Whereas me, I am always the same person at every point in time. Even if I'm around somebody I do not like, I'm still the same person I always am. I just avoid conflict because there's no point in no point in putting myself and them out just because we disagree. But it'll it wasn't always like that, but for a very long time, um, for a very long time now, I've just learned that if I'm always the same person I am, sure, I'm going to set off a lot of people. I'm going to put them out on even approaching me. They might think I'm weird or they might, you know, cause drama just for the sake of trying to get me to act differently. But the people who do end up close to me will always know that I'm genuine and they can be genuine with me. And that's important. It's really important to me that you act as genuinely as you can. Because you might not like who you are deep down, but you can change that. But before you can change it, you have to figure out who you are. So, if I had to give a closing statement, because I don't know how to segue this into a close without just hitting the end button, that's no fun. If I had to give a closing statement, it would be, be genuine, be who you are, because your purpose is going to change whether you are or not. So you might as well make it as easy for everyone else as it is for you. There's no point in constantly adapting and constantly changing when you're going to change anyway. And it sounds lazy, I know, but peace and serenity come to those who know how to stop and find it. So, be safe, have fun, and please, 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 don't do anything stupid.